0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to uh, a show that's called Bitcoin for Breakfast, although I think Bitcoin for Lunch is more appropriate. Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas Day. It's a uh, beautiful sunny morning in the Norwegian mountains. The temperature outside is minus 17 degrees, the snow is up against the walls, um, and uh, we are all recovering from a uh, really, really lovely Christmas Eve uh, yesterday. I am so lucky to get to start um, my new year, if you want to call it that, to start uh, my Christmas uh, holiday up until New Year's with a conversation about Bitcoin um, with uh, a traditional financial advisor from a traditional bank in Norway. Um, The financial advisor, which is his nickname, The Financial Advisor, works at Sparabanken and he uh, has engaged with Norwegian Bitcoiners on Twitter recently and asked some really poignant and great questions. The tone of the debate was so good, and he seemed like such an intelligent and uh, charming person that I thought it would be wonderful if we all got to sit down and explore some of those critiques together. Because I'm sure that the questions that the financial advisor has about Bitcoin are questions that many, many people Um, are left with after discovering Bitcoin for the first time. And maybe they are questions that we sometimes as Bitcoiners take for granted and we don't explore or answer them properly anymore. So that's the opportunity we're going to have today. And I'm very, very excited to be talking to uh, the financial advisor in uh, just a uh, minute. Before we get that far, I just need to let you know a few little things about the show. Um, we are running this on uh, YouTube, on Substream, on Facebook, on uh, Twitter. On uh, most of those platforms, if you comment or you reply to the broadcast, it should show up in this chat that you see on the side of the broadcast, where you can already see my little welcome message, to, check, to test that. And to uh, make sure that it works properly, I hope everyone will start by just saying good morning, GM. Uh, that's a really lovely way to start the show, and it's a great way for me to know that everything works technically before we get uh, started. If there are any other issues that you are noticing with the show uh, right now, it's the time to shout out so we can fix it before we get the broadcast uh, rolling uh, properly, because uh, once we start talking, we will not be uh, correcting those um, anymore. All right. Um One little ad that I have to uh, push out, or don't have to, I'd like to, Um, I have a favorite uh, hardware Bitcoin Bitcoin hardware wallet, and uh, I don't say that lightly, I've spent years not recommending a Bitcoin hardware wallet, but over the last few years, uh, Bitbox Swiss has developed one of the best products on the market. It's completely open source, it's the most secure and user-friendly Bitcoin wallet you can find out there, and it's so goddamn beautiful. If you need to store your Bitcoin safely, but you don't want to make it complicated, I really recommend you check out the link that you can scan the QR code below, and it will open a uh, website where you can buy your own BitBox02. I recommend buying the Bitcoin-only edition, but uh, I am not going to get involved in how you run your life, of course. So uh, if you prefer a different edition, go for it. But definitely make sure you secure your Bitcoin uh, properly using the BitBox02. which you can find uh, on the QR just uh, below. All right, cool. Um, we're going to run this show uh, quite simply. We're going to be um, introducing the financial advisor, talk a little bit about the background for the show, and then we're going to delve delve into um, some of the most common critiques against uh, Bitcoin. And uh, hopefully um, this will be an uh, opportunity for me to challenge myself and to think uh, again Um, about questions that perhaps I haven't revisited for for years or for a long time, because in the Bitcoin community, we often end up talking to each other. It can be a little bit of a circle jerk. We talk to other Bitcoiners and we all kind of agree on the basic premises uh, of many things. Now, that can make us intellectually lazy, and I don't like intellectual laziness. So let's get uh, that corrected uh, right away. but uh, yeah, oh, sorry, I'm coming straight out of a Christmas Eve uh, celebration. This is done a little bit spontaneously. Uh, there are no notes for this show. We're going to do it just on the flow, on a very human level. Um, but that means that it's going to be a little bit more chaotic and less structured than you may be uh, used to as well. Um, before we get really rolling, I am going to say uh, good morning to Chris and Carl Aven and Anus, who uh, is sitting in Switzerland this uh, morning. You'll be happy to know that uh, the Bitbox that I recommended is actually uh, from Switzerland. And uh, Switzerland has really, really come uh, very strong this last year with Relay and uh, with Pockets and uh, now with Bitbox. It's becoming a real castle for Bitcoin in uh, Europe. You can be proud of what's going on um, for Bitcoiners uh, in uh, Switzerland. All right, without uh, much further ado, I think it is time to introduce our uh, guest uh, for today and welcome uh, the financial advisor. Welcome uh, to Bitcoin for Breakfast, uh, my friend.:
1: Thank you so much and uh, thank you for the, the warm welcome and uh, the eagerness for uh, open discussion. and uh, I love that. That's really wonderful.
0: Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. I really appreciate that. And uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you! Where have you been celebrating?
1: I've been celebrating in Sweden, in uh, Gothenburg.
0: Oh, beautiful! Beautiful. Is that where you're from? Is that where your family is?
1: Yeah, that's where I'm from, born and raised. uh, But I live in Norway now, in Oslo.
0: Right. So you live in Oslo and Mm. uh, you work in Tradfi. Tell us a little bit about your background and and, um, what's your sort of angle to this topic before we dive into it.
1: So uh, ba- basically, I've I've done a lot. <laughs> like uh, I'm I'm t- 35ish, and uh, I uh, started out uh, as a car mechanic, <laughs> fresh out of uh, high school, and then I uh, very I, based, I, yeah. <laughs> and then and then I got uh, into uh, like uh, sales or fundraising for uh, humanitarian organizations like Save the Children and uh, uh, Doctors Without Borders, and then. Uh, I got into hotel and service business for that. That is like where I had the the most of my work experience from the service business, hotel and conference uh, and and working in a reception. Mm. And uh, then I got really about 2011, I got really interested in uh, uh, becoming financial free and uh, have the freedom to uh, to distribute my time as I pleased and not being uh, a slave mm. for a, an employer, uh, right. so so I started to learn about Warren Buffett, value investing, and uh, Peter Lynch and all those classical value value investors. Uh, rest in peace, Charlie Munger, uh, and. Uh, uh, then I got into banking, uh, just to like have a job e- e- and uh, have kind of a foot inside of uh, the mortgage and uh, and uh, property business, uh, so to say, pro the that part of the economy. So so my my wish to work in a bank uh, basically had to do with. Um, Getting uh, more uh, input or uh, from from this side of the economy, and uh, but but I am I am an open person uh, broadly, and uh, I I I like to learn new stuff, and I'm 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 risk averse, but uh, <laughs> well that, that that could be a loose defined. Uh, um, what term. is risk,
0: right? That yeah. is uh, exactly. what that is, is the heart. Yes, we're definitely going to be exploring that question um, a little mm-hmm. bit. How, do, how has that journey been? So you say you've been working in traditional finance since two thousand eleven, mm. with no. the goal of of achieving financial freedom. Mm. Um,
1: I haven't been working in uh, uh, in the financial business uh, since two thousand eleven. I, I started uh, in two thousand nineteen, but my okay. interest for uh, investing started in two thousand eleven. So right, I right. and I had no idea that I wanted to uh, work in a bank. Uh, I I basically studied economics to, to uh, with with I didn't have the uh, intention of going into bank even when I started studying economics during around 2016. I, I just happened to saw an ad uh, from uh, SE, SEB, uh, a large Scandinavian bank, um, mm. and I thought. Well, maybe I, I just sent an application, and then I, I got and, got and I got in. I I actually think I got, uh, quote, uh I I got in on, on quotas. <laughs> they they wanted to broaden their. Not ed, enough Swedes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, so so I'm, I'm I'm mixed race, and uh, so I think they uh, uh, she she the boss there actually said that she they wanted some people they wanted some. Uh, more diversity in, in their office, uh, yeah.
0: And and how has that been? So four years in traditional finance and four years mm-hmm. in, in traditional banking. And what an interesting I... time you've been there. That's during Corona. That's during the very inflationary period we've been through. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this was in a, in a quest for financial freedom. How do you feel um, that that quest for financial freedom is, has been going? Uh, it's
1: uh, it's been it's been going not, not as good as before, <laughs> but is it, because I. I, I did a like a non classic uh, value investing thing when the Corona hit. I I sold down a lot uh, because I, mm. I thought that was Armageddon uh, hitting us. So I was, I sold down basically fifty percent of my my assets uh, on the Are, stock you, are you
0: part of the March uh, March twenty twenty dip? <laughs>
1: yeah yeah. I, yeah like yeah, yeah. when it when it had dipped uh, like ten percent or something, I sold off half. Uh, right. And I. Oh, like I had Pandora uh, at, at a uh, buying price of I think it was around 230 Danish kroners or something and it and it accelerated up to I think 800 or something uh, per stock so <laughs> I regret that a lot <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah I think you were uh, you were definitely not alone in feeling uh, a lot of uh, heavy emotions in those months we saw it also yeah. in the Bitcoin price which uh, mm. I think we touched 3500. Euros during that March month down from something like six thousand, so almost a hal- halving of, of Bitcoin as well. Of course, yeah. it quickly recovered back mm-hmm. up to sixty-nine thousand. So yeah. um, uh, you are probably not alone uh, in in regretting some of the decisions made yeah. during those uh, <laughs> those critical months.
1: For sure, but uh, but yeah. I am. Um, um, one of my first impressions was that. Bank people were really not like I thought they were. I I thought as many people uh, were thinking, probably thinks that they are really stiff and uh, uptight and uh, boring people, but they they are really a diverse group.
0: Um, They are like uh,
1: so so Uh, many different
0: people. I'm I'm so sorry. Something is happening to the um, Google Assistant in the background here. I think it started playing Uh, my show in the background automatically. I'm just going to make sure that's turned off one second. Yeah, no worries no worries you can actually keep talking um, Yeah. obviously have the stage yeah um, yeah so um,
1: I, and I also got worried about inflation uh, well I don't know some, somewhere between 2015 and 2020 I got mm. worried about coming inflation and I uh, one of my friends got me listen to a uh, um, I don't remember what, what's. Can you mention one of the big channels that talks about a lot about gold and bitcoins, mostly golds and miners and stuff? You remember one like, of those?
0: Gold, Kids I Ghost, am not very, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar.
1: Okay, I I, li- I listened to the, to those channels, um, and I, I got into gold and uh, I bought some. Uh, Gold mining funds and silver mining funds and uranium and uh, also then I bought my Bitcoin uh, fund. Uh, it's a Canadian. So you got into and,
0: commodities.
1: Yeah, commodities and Bitcoin mm. and Ethereum, but mm. I, I, I said uh, my my capital allocation uh, strategy is like uh, to not have more than 10% of uh, my my, I, 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 well, maybe we're getting into this now, but. No, 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 uh, go for it. Yeah, I, I just go with the flow. <laughs> my yes. my uh, capital allocation strategy is to have a, a broad all-weather portfolio. Uh, and it, it's, I am adjusting my, uh, Uh, Percentages uh, as I learn new stuff and uh, uh, insights. Uh, So uh, at the moment it is uh, uh, 10% maximum in uh, more speculative stuff, which I Mm -hmm. regard uh, Bitcoin and the commodity parts uh, of, and also stuff that I don't have uh, enough insight into that I I feel is more of a value approach. Uh, So so the basically the non-value. Uh, um, uh, approaches is ten percent, and fifty uh, percent uh, is going to be property, uh, re- rental property, um, and the rest is uh, stocks and funds. Uh, you, you
0: mentioned you mentioned gold as well. Um, is yeah. that considered under that ten percent bracket that yeah, you're talking about? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, because that's basically the starting point for this conversation. Um, Mm. You put out a tweet. I'm going to show that to people, even though it's in Norwegian. So Mm. if you are not uh, Norwegian, you may not uh, catch that perfectly. But I will read it for you. It says, I do not understand why people would have more than 10% of their wealth in Bitcoin. Please give me fundamental arguments for why you would go so hard into something so... um, Insecure, or, or um, mm. uh, that's not really what you're saying. You're saying something so um, speculative, basically. Mm. And then you point out that you have exposure to BTC and Ethereum, but less than ten mm. mm. yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's, I guess, the the starting point of this conversation today. Um, mm. What what is the r- real risk profile of Bitcoin? Why would somebody go so hard into it? Um, mm. And uh, you got some some responses to that. Was there something? Was there anything you you got in reply that uh, was convincing to you?
1: Um, there, there were some. Uh, let me get up the post uh, for me also, uh, so mm-hmm. I can uh, have a look. Uh, uh, well, maybe it's uh, far away back for me now, but uh, maybe you could send it to me in our Twitter. I, I will actually
0: I will actually share this in the chat here. Oh, nice. Everyone can see the same uh, thread. Again, okay. I'm warning you, the thread is okay. in Norwegian, so you may or may not be able to um, to read it, but I think uh, X has a pretty good translation feature by mm-hmm.
1: now. Yeah. Well, one thing that uh, that struck me is, uh, because I think you also experienced this, uh, that the uh, let, let, let us just for sake of simplicity call it the Bitcoin people. Yeah. Uh, mm. um, not not at all in in any way uh, demeaning the term at all just just to define the, the people that's a that bad reply for me yeah yeah exactly exactly but but the bitcoin people can can be by some people seen as a some people in the trad fine uh, area uh, like uh, maybe like a sect or something uh, you you mm. understand what i mean absolutely yeah and and that for me was uh, i think that people were really nice and open and really interested and really actually really more rational i think than more in some way that in more traditional finance people could, can seem uh, so i was uh, i was positively surprised uh, uh, by the by by the openness and the eagerness to discuss in a in actually polite manner uh, so that, that that was one thing that i was happy with and um, but then I I, I, can't, I can't remember one thing specifically, but that I was uh, s- convinced about or, or something. But but I I remember thinking, reading these posts, thinking like, hmm, I should I should increase my I should increase my position from where I am. I think I am at, at around four percent now of my total um, fortune. Um, so that that is a feeling that I uh, was stuck with uh, after or and during this, but I, I I can't just pinpoint what it was at the moment. But maybe no. I can. Uh, but that,
0: is, that is that that makes me obviously very happy to hear because I think mm. uh, you know Bitcoin. Most people introducing being introduced to Bitcoin for the first time will meet it with the knowledge that they. With the knowledge they've learned from school and from their master's degrees and whatever so mm. most of us will have the same kind of gut critiques to give against bitcoin when we first meet it and it does require quite a lot of learning and and rational critical thinking in order to accept some of the basic premises of bitcoin and it makes me very happy to hear that the people you met on twitter were able to communicate mm. that on to you uh, um so the idea today uh, was that the questions that you may still be having, and mm. please be as critical and as hard as you, as you can be, I yeah. would like to try to, to give answers to them and to discuss them yep. with you as openly and as honestly and respectfully as we can. Mm. Um, and maybe I will take the initiative and kind of mm. ask a question for you because mm. you, had, you had this, um, this post about well, you don't understand people who go 100% mm. into Bitcoin.
1: Mm. Um, I have three arguments, basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you want, uh, yeah. I I have uh, I have um, summarized it to three arguments, uh, based to three fundamental arguments to why mm-hmm. uh, I uh, don't want to have my position in in Bitcoin or basically anything more than ten uh, percent. Uh, and uh, the the first one is that um, uh, we well yeah. Uh, Okay, unknown factors that might uh, uh, take down Bitcoin, or uh, yeah, that that can take down Bitcoin.
0: The unknown, unknown unknowns.
1: Yes, exactly, and and uh, it could be so many things. We could get into AI. AI could AI could uh, present something that is uh, much better than Bitcoin, uh, or or could take away the flaws. Uh, of Bitcoin faster than Bitcoin can uh, uh, get better uh, with those flaws. Uh, mm. um, that is that is one, and uh, one is that one. Another is that government... Sh- should we take it? Should we take it
0: one by yeah. it one, by one yeah, rather than that. to Because else it's going to be a little overwhelming, I think. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. So yeah, I think that's a really, really good critique. Like the unknown mm-hmm. unknowns is obviously something that, uh, by definition is is a, is a huge problem in any market that is emerging or developing mm-hmm. because we we may not have a track record of ten thousand years to look back at, and mm-hmm. so our confidence has to be based either on a rational analysis uh, of of what we believe is is true or um in the case of bitcoin, I believe uh, to take the AI critique, the main mm-hmm. reason why i don 't worry about AI is because of physics because AI oh. obviously can can um, uh, play with the code it could play with our computers all these kind of things mm-hmm. but what it can what it cannot do is to create energy out of nothing right they can't break the law laws mm-hmm. of thermodynamics and mm-hmm. what really makes the bitcoin network so powerful isn't the code that it runs or how many users it has or something like this what really mm-hmm. makes it so powerful is that there are there is so much actual physical energy that is uh in a decentralized manner across the entire globe because energy is decentralized it's distributed across the whole globe uh, being put into this network and that in order to overcome it in order to change it in order to manipulate it you would have to somehow match that amount of energy and uh, of course uh, it's not impossible if ai had as its only goal to take down mm-hmm. bitcoin then uh, of course ai taking over the world could probably channel that amount of energy for the purpose of taking down Bitcoin. Um, but it seems like a very irrational use of that energy. And it's hard for me to imagine uh, an AI that would have that as its, as its objective, uh, given the costs that that would involve, because it would obviously cost enormous amounts of um, computing power, enormous amounts of energy, which Mm -hmm. is an opportunity cost as well, because everything that you spend on Bitcoin cannot be spent on something else. Once you've spent Mm -hmm. the energy, you spent the energy. And I, um, I don't worry particularly much about AI choosing to direct all the world's energy to overwhelm the Bitcoin network. So that, that sort of physical constraint on AI's capacity is the main reason I don't really worry that much about AI taking down the network. Now, could could, could, could it, yeah, sorry, yes, please. Uh,
1: I, I didn't, if I could understand you correctly, you mean that um, the AI would uh, like basically shut down Bitcoin in a physical manner?
0: Well, as long you know, Bitcoin is, is, is uh, so. So, what really makes Bitcoin relatively unchangeable? The reason mm. why it's it's so uh, static, you know, no, static is not even mm. the world, Why it's why it's so uh, heavy it's... to change? Why, uh-huh. why it's so dif- difficult to change? Why it's so stable? Um, is primarily the fact that in order to change the network, you would have to convince the majority of the computing power going into the network to adapt the new rules or adapt the change or overrule the existing rules. And okay. at this at this point, Bitcoin is so big and the amount of energy, you know, you often hear this from critics, uh, Bitcoin uses the amount of energy of the Netherlands or whatever yeah. like this, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and obviously that is, a tr- in order to then overwhelm the network, you would have to channel an enormous amount of energy to match mm-hmm. that. I, and, I understand uh,
1: what you mean, but I think you misunderstood me. I just, okay. meant, that, I just meant that AI, finds out something that is a better alternative to bitcoin and therefore people would leave bitcoin i i, I just mean uh, mm. a, a as an example of an unknown factor is an a really smart super agi that would uh, come up with a much efi- more efficient uh, type of bitcoin that Bitcoin, all the properties of Bitcoin, except it doesn't use, let, let's say one thing, it doesn't use even half as much of energy per unit of currency, let's say. Uh, that, that that could be one thing that I, I could see um, as a threat well, to just Bitcoin. Say,
0: just take that, mm. that one right away. I mean, we do have mm. actually a lot of alternatives to Bitcoin that are, less energy intensive, that are faster mm-hmm. transactions, all these kind of things. And as we can see, uh, these are not actually the important criteria for what makes a better qu- currency or else they would have mm-hmm. competed out Bitcoin already. Yeah, uh, wh- sure. what, what really, What really makes uh, the, this currency and what makes money good money is the fact that it is something that everybody independently can trust and cannot be mm-hmm. manipulated by any central actor because nobody can channel enough energy or computing power to overwhelm the network. And at this point, mm-hmm. that has gone so far. That it seems uh, um, unfeasible for that to ever happen, and that is something mm-hmm. that is very hard to copy because you can copy code, you can modify the transaction speeds, all these kind of things, mm-hmm. but you cannot copy the amount of energy, you cannot copy the amount of computing power because that can only be spent mm-hmm. once. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. you know that that is the main value proposition, and for AI to create something that somehow would be more secure, of course, I it, by definition I cannot imagine that that's something that AI would have to do, and it's possible. Um, but well, okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, it's like think.
1: if if Satoshi or whoever created uh, a human being created Bitcoin, uh, yeah. if they can, and a super AGI can have the combined and uh, many many times more the cognitive capacity of all the human beings who mm. lives now or ha- and have ever lived, I, I I I can't see how they can't uh, create something that is more efficient and better and has all the positive uh, criteria, uh, properties that Bitcoin has today and is even more better. I can't see how they cannot do that uh, by being mm-hmm. so much smarter than uh, uh, all the humans combined.
0: Well, you know, what really makes a currency, what, what is the value proposition of a currency is the trust, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, humans, yeah. Would have, humans would have to trust the network. And if AI is able to to change... The network mm-hmm. then by definition it's something humans cannot trust it's the same mm-hmm. reason why, why fiat currencies are struggling against bitcoin because they are mm-hmm. malleable they are changeable they are manipulatable and mm-hmm. so there is no reason why any individual would choose to use that over time uh, bitcoin remains this one unchangeable thing and it's the mm-hmm. unchangeable nature of bitcoin that mm-hmm. is um, in many ways the very value proposition so if if AI is able to create something that it can change and it can control, then by mm. definition it's something that humans cannot trust. Mm. And so uh, this is something that is hard for I think AI to replicate. Mm. Um, but I, I think you are you are of course correct that it's uh, a, impossible for us to imagine what someone with that amount of cognitive capacity could do. Mm. But okay, inter- in- interesting critique. Let's move on from the AI one. I think we've exhausted the, the yeah. perspectives there. Unless you want to add something.
1: Um, maybe just about the utility of uh, mm. using uh, another cryptocurrency. Maybe they could, maybe AI or someone or a human being. Could, this is a part of the this uh, uh, another better alternative. Maybe, maybe so. Let's say that you now have to do stuff to get get a Bitcoin. You there are some hinders, some friction of using Bitcoin. Let's say in two years or one years, uh, one year the the Bitcoin hasn't um, uh, um, taken away all these hinders or friction and uh, and and AI or another actor comes up with a, another cryptocurrency that has the same property as Bitcoin, same properties as Bitcoin, but has much better utility in being easier to use and uh, and stuff like that. That that could also render Bitcoin irrelevant, possibly. That is a a risk at least. i I, I say I say nothing about the possibility of this happen, but it's a, it's a non irrelevant uh, risk. The probability is uh, significant. it's it's much less than one, I would bet. one percent. yeah, I, 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 I would
0: me... I would agree that it is not a is it, is it not a zero percent probability scenario. Mm-hmm. But mm. um, I would argue that it is a highly no. unlikely scenario, especially on, on that time frame that you're mentioning. Mm. Like, Could AI do something in 15 years if it has the capacity to build up its uh, mm. uh, sort of independent power base of, of energy and computing power? Then mm. perhaps it could. But, um, um, okay, let's, let's move on from the AI one. Um yeah. well you said you have three you said you had three uh, points there.
1: Yes and and uh, the other one is uh government uh, uh, sh- uh forbidding it. Uh, mm. And uh, y- m- m- yeah.
0: Well that one I think is fairly easy to answer and that is just simple mm. game theory. A good mm. image to use there is perhaps what would have happened if a government decided to ban be- uh, in- the internet mm. or ele- or electricity or the printing press, you know? As we know, there are countries that tried to not build out that infrastructure because they didn't want their citizens to have that power. They didn't want. Uh, there are countries that didn't adopt electricity and industrialization early on. There are countries that didn't that tried to censor the printing press. And in the end, none of these countries succeeded in doing so because of simple game theory. That if it, even if one single country on earth, which already exists with El Salvador is will mm. it take advantage of the possibilities of the new technology, mm. that country will benefit so tremendously much that any country that doesn't do so will be mm. left behind. Yeah. And, and and that, I think, is the main thing where even if a government hates Bitcoin, even if it doesn't want Bitcoin, even if it would like to stop Bitcoin, it simply mm. can't afford to do so. Because mm. nobody, even if there's just one or two countries in the world that goes and, and reaps the benefit of it, they mm. will be so tremendously more successful um, so, that, so that game theory aspect I think is the most important reason why governments would not succeed in banning Bitcoin the other is just a coordination issue like in order to, to truly stop Bitcoin on a global scale you would need to have every single like you can't afford to have any dissidents you need mm. to have complete consensus among 192 nations who otherwise don't agree on anything and, yeah. we, already, and we already know that a bunch of these countries are positive to Bitcoin Mm. They have no intention of stopping Bitcoin, so we know mm. that this consensus is impossible, mm. and that is and that is where we get this uh, situation. Where, you know, in Norway, for example, it's a great mm. where we where we both um, I'm from and you are living, mm. um, where you know I, I bet Norway would love to to ban and stop Bitcoin. It is absolutely not something that is uh, in the nature of our government or political system or culture uh, mm. to to adopt or embrace. Uh, but the cost of shutting ourselves off from that network is so incredibly high. Mm-hmm. And the risk of doing so is so incredibly high that nobody dares to 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 take that step. Um, mm-hmm. And you do have countries that have tried to ban Bitcoin and have had to reverse their policy for these same kind of reasons. Um, what I think you will probably see instead is you will have countries that don't go for Bitcoin. They will go for monetary freedom where Mm -hmm. citizens are free to choose to settle their contracts and taxes and whatever else in whichever currency they want, which is what we're seeing in Argentina now with the new president, Javier Mille. They don't decide on a particular currency, and then they let the market decide. And since Bitcoin is the superior currency, at least in my view, and we can explore that deeper later on, uh, since Bitcoin is a superior currency, uh, that should, over time, lead to all value um, uh, being sucked up by Bitcoin and w- gradually taking over that um, uh, that market. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I'm not particularly worried about governments uh, banning Bitcoin per se. And mm-hmm. the other alternative they have, I guess, is is uh, the CBDCs, right? Mm-hmm. Creating their own, creating their own alternative. Mm-hmm. And that one's a li- slightly more tricky to answer because it's intellectually a, a little. Uh, it requires elect- a little bit of a. Yeah, but at the same time, not. Mm-hmm. You know, the basic, the basic, um, the basic criteria for what makes something money. Mm-hmm. The basic, they are they, they are unchanged for ten thousand years, and we know, thanks to gold, that humans don't need to know about those criteria in order mm-hmm. for them still to emerge. So humans didn't mm-hmm. know the chemistry of gold until like mm-hmm. two hundred years ago, right? Mm-hmm. But even without knowing the chemistry of gold, without knowing any economics, without understanding why, humans independently across the entire globe discovered through endless transactions and interactions that this was the best store of value and a way, a a form of money that could not be expanded or printed by any centralized authority. You could trust that a piece of gold in Norway is the same as a piece of gold in the Netherlands. It has Mm. fungibility. Um, And this was true before humans knew it. And that's why it became money before humans understood that. Mm. And that is the same thing with, with Bitcoin. The, 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 all the, the fundamentals that makes Bitcoin superior money are there, whether or not humans understand them or not. So mm. through the, the uh, uh, transactions and interactions, Bitcoin will emerge in the same way as gold emerged as, as the superior money um, over time, in, in, in my view.
1: Um I have a question uh, about no. that. Uh during you know when uh, China said that uh, they they put a ban right on Bitcoin uh yep. but still they mine Bitcoin there I know but um uh, um were there countries that during this time uh, also uh, adopted or or promoted Bitcoin in any way? El Salvador. Yeah. So so just to show like what what that kind of dynamic, like a really huge country, biggest mm-hmm. country in the world in terms of population or yeah, second or whatever, India, China. Um, mm-hmm. they, they banned it and still it didn't disappear in China. They're still mining like 20%. Uh, a, a big number still mines. Uh,
0: and, and never mind inside China, also on a global yeah. basis. I think it's a great example you're bringing up here. Because this is a perfect example of how you cannot ban Bitcoin. You can only ban yourself from Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, 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 well. so, so what's happened with, with Bitcoin's hash rate, right? Mm. That's the amount of computing power that goes into securing the Bitcoin network. What's happened with the hash rate is that it is now higher than ever. It is mm. three or four times higher than it was when China banned it. Yeah. So even the biggest country in the world with, mm. uh, has had had zero effect. zero. On Bitcoin by banning it, and um, if, isn't is that quite true though? What happened to the price when they did this? The price is, well. Um, so when when they did they did do? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, maybe for a day or two, it it dropped by a few hundred euros, but then it kept going up, and Bitcoin reached new high, all time highs long after that. So okay,
1: uh, okay, I, I thought I thought it was uh, like a price decline of a couple of months or up to, well, well several months. Yeah. You, you know what?
0: I can open I can a up the, up the chart. Could you try to Google right now when that ban was? I don't remember the exact yeah. uh, date. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I will find the chart while you find that. Yeah.
1: When did so that? Would, that
0: would be interesting to just um, have mm. a little comparison. Yeah,
1: going. because my, my my point where I'm trying to get at or trying to explore if, if it might be true is that even though that some c- countries... Uh, uh, accept Bitcoin and some some don't, this is going to have an effect on Bitcoin, uh, which is uh, negative for Bitcoin as a currency, because we don't like currency to be fluctuating a hell of a lot, right? Uh, so January... let's, see. Okay, let's see. Crypto is fully banned in China and eight other countries. This is from Fortune. Uh, January
0: 2022. September 2021. Okay, that's when they announced that. That's when they announced that all transactions of crypto is illegal, effectively Mm. banning. And then the the mining ban. Yes, mining ban was also September 2021. Mm. So let's see, September 2021, uh, Bitcoin is at. uh, Yeah. So so this Bitcoin is is at one thirty six thousand at the time of the ban, Mm. slightly slightly lower than it is at the moment. Uh, it, after the ban, it went from 38,000 to 69,000. So it almost doubled after the ban. Okay, okay. Uh, let, let's strike that argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because no, uh, this is... Uh, and then, of course, we know that Bitcoin had a beer market after that again, but mm, that feels... For that some other be, uh, reasons,
1: probably. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, exactly. It was not the China ban that... that um, and no. you, could, you, you could even make the argument that the China ban was really, really good for Bitcoin because there was a lot of hash power in China. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of the computing power was in China, and by banning Bitcoin in China, you ended up distributing that hash rate uh, to other countries around the world. So mm-hmm. Bitcoin actually yep, because- became more became more decentralized, more resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, now you see a new concentration happening in the U.S., and there's a big mm-hmm. discussion about whether or not that introduces new risks. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, the immediate effect seems to have been more that Bitcoin became more decentralized, more resilient, mm-hmm. and a doubling in the price.
1: Hmm. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Okay. Fair enough. Good arguments. Good arguments. Still, though, I feel that um, uh, even though if so, if if, let's say that a lot of country bans this and and some countries still have it. um, Mm -hmm. Let's say that these are really countries, poor countries, uh, majority of them, and uh, they start, they, they have not so much of world's production. Uh, and the, most of the world's production is in the countries uh, that has these bans, um, and they are not allowing uh, 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 people to shop their products, uh, to buy their products uh, in Bitcoin. Wouldn't mm-hmm. this affect the uh, the price of Bitcoin and the use of Bitcoin?
0: I suppose it could theoretically, but here I would like to make a make a. Um... Uh, an interesting point about the period that we are in right now because the US dollar is obviously being challenged, wh- whether by Bitcoin or, or other currencies uh, with the BRICS and everything. It's obviously being challenged in its hegemony, right? Mm. Um, and that means that we end up being there's an old problem that resurfaces. Mm. If you have two trading partners and they each have their own currency, none of them can accept the other partner's currency. If you are Russia and you are selling things to China and you're selling it in China's currency, Uh, Your problem is that China can print that currency and buy very real stuff from you. So you don't have control over the value of the currency you're selling in, which means that China, in theory, could just print endless amount of money and buy everything you own, and you will actually not have any value left. So you can't accept their currency. You can't accept Chinese yen when you're selling them oil. That's not possible. And vice versa, China has the same problem. They can't accept Russian rubles because Russia can print Russian rubles. And printing money in return for actual tangible assets like goods and services and commodities is obviously a really bad deal. So they are both stuck in this in this uh, situation that in order for them to have trade, they need mm-hmm. to use some kind of third medium, out, external medium that none of them can control in order to settle this. Because that way they know that none of the trading partners can manipulate the currency in order to take your resources. And that's a role that the U.S. dollar has been filling. But as the US dollar has challenged that role for, for itself by, well, undermined that role for itself through its inflationary policy, uh, through its uh, shutting down of the Swiss, SWIFT system, et cetera, um, you now get this um, search for a new medium of settlement. And that is where, where Bitcoin becomes, um, even if everybody hates Bitcoin, it is the only settlement layer internationally. And this is true already today. It's not like a future thing. It is the only global settlement layer where all trading partners can know that if you accept Bitcoin, none of your other trading partners can fuck you over by making more Bitcoin. Bitcoin is Bitcoin. So that that is the game theory that plays out. Um, Of course, for the moment, the volatility of Bitcoin in these early stages is limiting um, the extent to which Bitcoin is used for anything more than settlement. It's hard to use for example, as a long-term store of value for a nation, at the moment, um, but in terms of being a settlement layer that is can be trusted by all parties, it is already the superior option. And I think that is the the main reason why I don't see um, um, Bitcoin being uh, banned as a as a currency for 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 trading balances.
1: Mm. Why isn't gold an alternative to what you just explained?
0: Great question.
1: Uh, uh, Tie to the gold, uh, yeah. as you see, many countries now, uh, or for quite some time, has, has bought a record amount of gold.
0: Yeah. So this is a really, really great question, um, and I'm glad you bring it up because we need to bring, we need to look, look, go into this gold argument. The mm. first thing to know about gold is that gold already failed, right? Gold was the currency, and it was competed out by fiat. So we know that gold already failed against Fiat. Now why did gold fail against Fiat? It's mainly for three reasons. Um, it's difficult to store it. So in order to store gold safely, you need to use a third party like a bank or a government. It's very hard to have a lot of gold in your own home because people are just going to break it and take it, right. So you have to spend a lot of um, you have to centralize the gold in vaults which are controlled by somebody. And you have to pay a lot of money to keep them secure. So it takes off the value of the gold year by year the longer you store it. So it doesn't really work as a store of value because you have to pay to secure it. And then comes the problem. If I'm going to send it to you, I actually have to use fiat anyways. If I have a gold bar in my hands and I want to pay you, uh, it's very difficult for me to give you the gold if you're on the other side of the planet. I can only give you a certificate where it says uh, you own this gold now, but I still have the gold. So you're still left with the same problem you have with fiat, where how can you trust this piece of paper? Because in the end, the, actu- mm-hmm. the actual gold can't be sent at the speed of flight. The actual gold can't be stored at home. The actual gold, uh, and, and it goes further, gold is really hard to divide. If you want to p- go in the supermarket and buy something with gold, uh, how do you get change? Mm-hmm. How do you buy something for one euro in the supermarket? And you know, how do you take the gold bar and chop off one euro of it? And then comes the other problem, the person receiving it. How do they verify that it's real? Mm. Tungsten has the exact same weight as gold, so you can't just weigh it. You have to actually go down and check the chemical properties. Very, very, very difficult to verify that it's real gold. Mm. So you can't verify that it's real. You can't transact it over large distances. Uh, You can't store it without huge costs. So all of these things, uh, and and most importantly, uh, the result of this is that gold tends to become and has become centralized in vaults that are run by governments like we all know fort knox right it's like a, mm-hmm. a, a, a culture everybody knows fort knox but that's where almost all the gold is even the gold that is owned by others which means that fundamentally it's really the person who has the gold who controls it even mm-hmm. if you have papers that say you know russia is a great example russia had a lot of gold in vaults in france i think and then the war started and uh, france just confiscated all the gold Mm. That's uh, useless as a settlement layer. Um, And that is is why fiat won, you know, fiat, uh, Mm. the way we have it today, won because fiat is better than gold. It is faster, it's easier to verify, it's easy to store, um, but it obviously has the problem that it's still centralized and it can be manipulated and printed and expanded by whoever controls the money printer. Mm. So that's that's the thing that Bitcoin fixes. It has all the benefits of gold uh, plus uh, none of the drawbacks but
1: but i have, have some arguments against guess, that yes. um, it, it isn't gold it, it isn't the physical gold that we want to uh, that they want to use as as money it's it's the um it's the properties of tying the fiat to the gold that uh, should make the, the 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 not the same but but the, the limiting properties of printing the money you know the taking away the uh, possibility for governments uh, to print new money. Just- in
0: theory, yes, but in reality, yeah. of course, no government has ever. You know, the first time governments uh, confiscated all the gold was in Amsterdam in 1658, and since mm-hmm. then, every government that has had the opportunity to issue, like, tie their currency to gold, sooner or later, something happens where they need just a little bit of emergency money, and then they print certificates that say that we have gold in the vault. But uh, since nobody can go and check that the gold is actually there, people for a while they believe it. You know, for a while people will accept these papers that are supposedly tied to gold, but soon enough the market is flooded with these papers and people realise that actually the gold doesn't exist.
1: And, and this that's, is actually that's a fraud. That's a really that's really a, be, a huge scandal, scandalous fraud.
0: Yes. Right? So so yes.
1: when that happens, that that should like
0: That's it, inevitable. Okay.
1: So in theory, I I, I could see that this system could work in theory, but as you uh, quite correctly points out, this is the flaw of that system.
0: Yeah, if but it's, what, centralized, what you, you, if it's yeah. centralized, and uh, it's a problem with any centralized system, right? That mm-hmm. if it's centralized, whoever is control of that mm-hmm. and who controls the information, mm-hmm. at some point they will be tempted, and we are mm-hmm. humans. We are easily corruptible. Uh, we yeah. love power. You know, mm-hmm. we love uh, wealth. Um, yeah. And uh, sooner or later, somebody is put in charge of this that is tempted mm. to do this or that. Other yeah. times, it and- can, it, There are times when it's not even based on corruption. There are also times when it's based on national sentiment, like World War I. Mm. Up until World War I, we had a short period where fiat currency was actually tied to gold. You know, we had these paper certificates. The dollar was tied to gold. You can go to the American Central Bank and exchange one dollar for a certain amount of gold, right? Mm. Um, and, uh, and this was true in, in Germany. This was true in Great Britain and in France. But then World War I started, and within a few months, they ran out of gold, all of them. Mm. And uh, if this had been uh, a, a system that worked, the war should have been over. They were all out of money. But, of course, mm. there was so much nationalism and so much national sentiment around it that people mm. had no problem going along. It was not even a secret, it wasn't fraud. They just mm. asked people, hey, is it okay if we print emergency money right now? We're gonna go <laughs> back <laughs> we're gonna go back to gold once the war is over. Yeah, yeah. right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then of course, yeah. once the war is over, the market has ten times as much paper in circulation mm. as the amount of gold, and there is no way to ever redeem it, and then the system is broken. That's how that's how the fiat system originally was introduced. Yeah, um, but the thing,
1: but the thing is, uh, all, all let us uh, if even if we assume all your arguments is correct, which uh, we 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 could be we could do that. Um, this only says that if we have a completely rational world with rational people, that then we wouldn't go to to this uh, type of gold standard uh, tied to fiat currency, but we don't, which means that there's a non significant uh, there's a significant risk that we might do that just uh, just because we are humans and stupid and uh, irrational yeah. and might, uh, uh, history doesn't repeat itself it rhymes and yada yada so so for me it's still a risk uh, which is uh, which is significant enough for me to uh, have it as a, a valid argument for not taking a 100% or uh, higher than say let's let, say 10 as i have said for myself uh, yeah. uh position in in this other currency i i have even a I i have a much 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 lower uh position in fiat currency than i have in bitcoin uh well you could argue <laughs> that i i don't have that because i don't have bitcoin directly i have it through a fund a thir- oh, third uh, party so
0: you don't so, you yeah. don't have any bitcoin at all like real, uh, not not, not
1: not through a, not a real Bitcoin now. No, only through this um, intermediary. Through yeah, and there point. you come.
0: That's a you know really really risky thing. That mm. if you are risk averse, mm. then you know you should know that every single actor that has been put in charge of holding someone else's Bitcoin has sooner or later f- fallen for the temptation to just take the Bitcoin and go and disappear. And what? that is why, and that is and that is why we we have um, this motto in Bitcoin: not your mm. keys, not your coins. Okay. But um, but anyways, that's a slightly separate point. Going back to the um, the, argument? To the, the rational rational actor argument, ah. um, you know, the, one of the interesting things about Bitcoin for me is that uh, it doesn't require you to be rational. It's a matter of incentives, and uh, on an individual level, each and every single person, every single individual, always has an incentive to uh, it's always better for the individual to go for bitcoin even if it seems on a structural level or a state level that it would be better to do something else and maybe we you know a perfect example of this is a prime minister who oh shit i'm running out of battery on my computer here ah, i need to plug that in before that becomes a problem sorry yeah. no <laughs> i think i'm gonna move over to the sofa here um that uh, the, even if you are a prime minister and you uh, are the one who proposed to uh, to ban Bitcoin and introduce uh, some currency that's tied to gold or whatever, uh, you uh, as an individual, still as the prime minister, still have an incentive, knowing, of course, that this uh, system will not maintain value. As the whole point of having control of it is that it's not supposed to maintain value as well as Bitcoin. You as an individual prime minister still has the incentive to say, well, I'm still going to put my wealth in Bitcoin, even if I build this system for everybody else. Mm. And, and that also is the argument of the long term price development of Bitcoin, that every single time Bitcoin goes through these waves, there's a bigger base mountain of people who recognize that even if I hate Bitcoin, mm. there is no other way to, to store value as well in the long term. No matter how much I feel about it, so it's that's a that's a matter of incentives, um, uh, as far as I can see it. Huh?
1: As of today, there is no other value. Uh, I, I, uh, might be other no other way, way of storing value. Well, uh, referring to our well, my my first argument but, about
0: yeah if, about the AI, okay, yeah. um, or whatever,
1: or what, or something unknown. It could be a human.
0: Well, the, the, no. that is the. There you have to ask yourself the question, why would someone want to create something else than Bitcoin? The only reason why a government... Use? No. Uh, well, okay, fine. We can use that one as well. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. If you but, want to, to do it because you you want a system that uses less energy, then you want to do it because you want the less secure system, a system that is not as robust. And in that case, people, everybody will still have the incentive to use the more robust system. So in that case, even if you create a sum that uses less energy, that just increases the incentive for everybody on an individual basis to use Bitcoin. And if a government says, we need to have a different currency because it allows us to pay for our welfare or whatever else, everybody may say in public, yeah, that's good, we want welfare or whatever. But individually, nobody has an incentive to use that currency that is going to lose value in order to pay for the welfare when each and every one of us has the possibility of putting our salary into something that will store value and
1: um but you're you're assuming that there there is no more robust way uh in terms of uh energy use that this is the most efficient in proportion to robustness uh use of uh, energy in, in terms of storing value you know what I, you understand what i mean
0: um yes i understand what you mean um there could be, the, the point is, there could be a better,
1: more robust way of uh, storing value, less energy, uh, more energy efficient. There could be ton, there could be a million, there could actually be infinite ways of, uh, like the, we, we're assuming that we know everything today about how the world works and energy uh, resources and, and stuff like that. There might be well, so many other possible, possible ways of storing value in a more robust way than Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, there, there no. Um, there can I feel be. like I need, to, I, I need to. I need to give mm. you a more rational answer than just no. Uh, okay. the, 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 the. Where to start with this? I'm not
1: saying that there is. I said there can be and since i don't know yeah and, and it cannot... would be
0: stupid it would be stupid and argument and arrogant of me to say that there can't be uh, of course we come back to the unknown unknowns by definition they are unknown mm-hmm. uh, but uh, if you reduce the energy use of bitcoin you make it less ro- or you create something that uses less energy that is by definition less robust because it with will be same, with the
1: same with the same method as bitcoin yes yeah but the there less... could be a completely new Bit... method
0: no, no, no. So, 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 you know, a lot of Bitcoiners will often say Bitcoin doesn't use enough energy. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin, Bitcoin needs to use all the energy of the galaxy. You know, the okay. uh, the whole, the, the whole, uh, the whole purpose of of um, of the energy usage is the robustness. It's impossible because energy is is one of those fundamental laws of physics, thermodynamics. It cannot mm-hmm. be created. It cannot be destroyed. Um, and as a result, uh, you. Uh, do not if you have if you if humanity let's say creates a hundred kilowatt uh, en- uh, hours of energy. Fusion reactor. And, yeah. Yeah. No. Now I'm just using this. If if the total output of humanity is a hundred kilowatts and someone spends fifty kilowatts on Bitcoin, mm-hmm. that means that no matter what uh, else you do, there is sim- the energy to compete with Bitcoin to 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 make something more robust simply doesn't exist. And thanks to the laws of physics, it cannot exist. Even if even if AI takes over everything um but uh um there, there are also other things like beyond the energy uh, that that ensures that the robustness of bitcoin is is something that is very very hard to compete uh, with um i'm finding it hard to phrase this uh, reply to myself um so i see there is quite a lot of people watching across i think we're up to like 50 people now um there is um uh, and I'm sure that some of them can phrase the answer to the question of robustness better than I can, or maybe give me a clearer critique than than I am having in my head right now. So use the common field. Let me know how you would answer the, the question of uh, creating something more robust than Bitcoin. Well, um, I, have
1: a, I have a question to you in the meantime while we hopefully get a, a definition there from, from the crowd. Uh, yeah. what, what, what do you... Th- what do you think of these arguments of the unknowns unknowns? Uh, what would your proportion, uh, maybe I, I guess, let me rephrase it. Is it, is it like this for you? You see, no, you see such a low probability for other alternatives for this, which makes you wanting to have a much higher proportion of your fortune than 10% in Bitcoin. Is that yeah. the case for you?
0: Well, there's, there's many, three, three ways of thinking of, of this. Um, um, the one is, I see it as extremely unlikely that any alternative can at this point emerge to compete with Bitcoin uh, because of the network effects, because of its unchanging nature, because of the energy use and the laws of physics. Um, so, that, so that is the one thing. I see the, the likelihood that something will compete out with Bitcoin is significantly less than the likelihood that something will compete out any other investment in the world. So, big mm. on, even if it is a probability that exists, it is a probability that is smaller than for any other investment you could possibly imagine. So that's one thing. The second one is the unknown unknowns mm. seem to me to be far bigger for every other investment you could imagine. Mm. Um, like and, uh,
1: Coca-Cola, for example.
0: Coca-Cola, for example, or countries, bonds, or Microsoft. you know. Or Microsoft, you know, these things are far more risky investments, far more risky investments because they are far more dependent on human whims and decisions and ideas and uh, technological uh, developments and competitors and uh, all kinds of things like this uh, that can really disturb their market model. Um, this is not such, this is, there the risk for Bitcoin is much, much lower than for any alternative investment, including prop uh, real estate and whatever else. Um yeah. That's and then comes and then comes the final one, which is um, and that comes right back actually to the full circle. So this is really a really good way to um to close off this part of the discussion. Diversification. Mm. This is where this is where we really started on this. Like, why did people start diversifying in the first place? Traditionally, mm. traditionally, up until 1913, people would save money in money. Mm. And Property prices in the Netherlands, for example, which is the one that we have the most data on, so I'm mentioning that specifically, real estate prices in the Netherlands were stable relative to income for 400 years Mm. since since we started collecting data up until 1913. And then comes the the situation where uh, once governments start taking control of the value of money itself, Mm. anyone who gets that money can no longer use money to save money, right? You now need to put that money somewhere else. So that's where diversification starts as an idea historically. You you cannot put your money in money, so you have to put it in something else. So the first thing we did was to put it in government bonds. And that's mm-hmm. how we financed World War One. That's how we financed World War II. That's how we financed the massive expansion of the welfare state after World War II. <coughs> Governments could borrow money at almost no cost because people could not hold value in currencies. So, um, so that was the beginning of diversification. And then came the reality that because um, the money printer also generates inflation, you need to find investments that can beat inflation. So people started looking at things like real estate and stocks as not as a way to just invest in something that has fundamental value, something you're going to live in, a company that has potential revenue, but as a way to escape inflation. So you end up having then the incentive of sh- every time you get new money in your hand to shoot it into stocks or real estate or something. And the result, you can see it on the on the charts, right? The market has been pumped for 50 years now. And when you look at it, it looks like the safest investment ever because it only goes one way. And the reason mm-hmm. it only goes one way is because the money printer only goes one way. They, they never turn it off. They print more and more and more and more. And anyone who uh, has even the, you know, most faintest uh, knowledge of money knows that you can't hold value in money so Mm. even if you don't understand uh, the full picture, you will have such a strong incentive to find somewhere to put that money Mm. the result being that like property price in Oslo for example, you could say maybe one-fifth of the property prices is the actual value of the property and four-fifths is actually just um, the bidding of trying to uh, get away from inflation and there comes the really ending um, issue for so I'm still looking for a charger here. Um, uh, and there comes the thing with Bitcoin, why Bitcoin bursts the everything bubble. Because mm. you go back to the pre-1913 thing, where suddenly everyone has the alternative to save money in money. And not only do you have the alternative to save money in money, but saving money and money clearly gives much higher return than trying to diversify and chase all these different things to try to escape inflation, which is the only reason diversification was became trendy in the first place. Mm. So since the very reason why diversification was a thing, why we started spreading our uh, money into all these um, um, uh, stocks and real estate and gold and bonds and whatnot, since the very reason for that is, is literally taken away by Bitcoin and you can make more money just holding your, your uh, capital, your wealth in Bitcoin, doing nothing, you don't have to watch yeah. your portfolio. You don't have to rebalance. You don't have to pay a financial advisor at a bank mm. to watch your portfolio. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't have to pay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. I don't mean <laughs> to make you unemployed, but <laughs>
1: no, we we don't get paid for. Um, uh, it's it's the it's the fund managers who get paid for that. We
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> we
1: only get salary for distributing mortgages and uh, stuff like that. That's that's what we get paid for.
0: But obviously, for 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 a grandma, uh, for a grandma who is financially illiterate or whatever, Mm. it is so much easier to just buy some Bitcoin and hold it, Mm. than it is to get involved in real estate and stocks and bonds and funds and God knows what. Because the only reason we do so, all of us, is to escape inflation.
1: No, there's one more reason. There's one more reason to diversify, and if you diversify correct with uncorrelated, uh, well, less. uh, correlated uh, assets then you get a smoother ride so it's for it's for peace of mind it's for more peace of mind and it's for okay. it's for also for the unknowns the unknown unknowns that like um, as you say as we have talked about uh, before it, it, you never know what's going to happen in the world we, what yeah. what what kind of disruptions we get wars everything and uh, yeah. t- new technologies emerging uh, so so it's uh, we it's because of the unknown unknowns for me, and I think for a lot of people. Actually, and-
0: actually, I think those were two really good arguments you made there. Like, you can smooth the ride, yes. Like Bitcoin, uh, you know, I often ask the question: What would it when people when people criticize Bitcoin for its volatility? I often ask, like, well, what would it look like if a new money took over? It would look exactly like this, right? It would be a pretty bumpy ride on the way up, but the re- result is, of course, that that may be too bumpy for some people, and you can indeed smooth it out by diversifying a little bit into things that have a more, uh, maybe Bitcoin a less, uh, yeah, m- maybe it's uh, not increasing as much, but at least it doesn't uh, move as much either, right? Yeah. So, so that is a decent argument. And uh, the unknown unknowns, I suppose, yes, by spreading your eggs into a few more baskets, you can, um, uh, you know, in some ways, you put yourself at risk of more unknown unknowns, but at least the unknowns won't hit all your portfolio at the same time. So, yeah. that, I, so, but so I have- that I, I buy that.
1: I'm having difficulty finding. Uh, uh, I, I have more ease of finding unknown disruptors for Bitcoin than for farms or for uh, small. If you, if you, I'm, I'm going to. We're planning. Me and my girlfriend. We're planning to buy a small farm uh, that we could have as a security for if if the food uh, supply chain gets disrupted. As you. No, Norway is not uh, self sufficient in uh, food production. And uh, I want to have food security, <laughs> uh, of course, yeah. and uh, live closer to nature. So I, I ha- I'm having difficulties uh, seeing a disruptor for that dis- investment. I could well, basically. In, in, I, I, I wouldn't could basically call that an investment,
0: live- though. I wouldn't call that an investment ev- because here I think Bitcoiners will agree with you. Mm. Like, Bitcoiners are so, like, we talk a lot about individual sovereignty mm. and. Uh, things like being able to produce your own food, uh, being able mm-hmm. to have a home that uh, keeps you warm and safe and everything—these are welfare. These are welfare questions, not investment questions. So let's go
1: purchase. Purchase
0: the only. Yeah, it's yeah, but I, but I think that my buying. A, yeah.
1: I'm putting now my it's, money it's, somewhere. It, that, that's, the, that's the similarity. I'm putting well, a no, huge no, no, amount no. of money. no, no, no.
0: There is a big difference because when you um when you put money into something the question is do you buy it because you uh, intend to enjoy it and benefit from the security that it gives you or because you see it as an investment oh, yeah. or because you see it as an investment or something that could give you a return if you see it as an investment or something that gives could give you a return then buying a farm or a house is a really stupid idea but if you see it as a way to give yourself uh, welfare and food security and so on it's obviously superior to bitcoin so uh um, uh, I would,
1: uh, I would uh, slightly disagree here because uh, for me, all my quote unquote investments, oh, okay, all the things I put money in, uh, uh, big money, not, not, not everyday money, uh, yeah. all the things I put money in is for enjoying the freedom of not being able to uh, be a, a, a salary slave. In the future, yes, and having yes. having a farm would give me that. I would I would be my own sl- slave and <laughs> and uh, slave owner. I would yeah, yeah. Uh, work to pr- provide my food from. But, the... but, but the point
0: is, you didn't buy the farm in order to sell it at a profit.
1: Oh, of course not, and and that's not and, and, that's not what yeah. I'm doing with my value investment either. Uh,
0: no, but uh, when we're talking about you know wh- why would. The majority of people who invest in bonds or funds or gold or whatever, they don't Mm -hmm. do so because they like holding bonds or funds or gold. They do so because they expect it to hold value or increase value more than just holding the currency. It's better than just having Norwegian kroner to have Mm -hmm. a fund that at least goes up a bit, not down like the Norwegian kroner and thereby you can beat inflation. Now, when you buy- I'm not one of those.
1: I'm not one of those. I'm, I'm not a bond holder. I don't. I don't see much value in both. I'm not that kind of value investor. I'm not the Graham Benjamin Graham type of value investor. Uh, uh, so, so, so that that that's maybe not so relevant for us. Uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, I totally agree with you.
0: Hey, so, um, uh, we're getting some questions in the side here. I just want to uh, address them. Uh, yeah, briefly. the quantum
1: one from Hege uh, would be nice to in, in investigate. Quantum miners. Yeah.
0: So uh, obviously, none of us are really experts at quantum computing, um, mm. but uh, as far as I can understand from people who are more knowledgeable than me, first of all, uh, every single person on the Bitcoin network has a huge incentive, obviously, to protect their own value, right? Mm. Uh, yeah. so, ch- so changing the algorithm to, or the, the, rather the cryptography, um, mm. to, to be uh, quantum resistant uh, seems like a relatively trivial matter. The incentives are, are correctly aligned. For everyone to make that action, um, so that seems to be the, the main um, uh, reason why this is not a not a major threat. And I maybe this is naive of me, and I'm the wrong person to talk to about this, really. But uh, the, from the people who are very knowledgeable about this, do not worry about it, and that makes me that that's what gives me the most confidence. Um, yeah. The other question here from the same person. If the chain is constantly being 51% attacked, I think faith will be lost in the chain. Yes, but here we forget the cost of attacking. 51% Mm. of the, you have to, imagine the amount of energy you would have to buy. Imagine the amount of computing uh, power, the amount of uh, processors that you would have to scoop up from the world market uh, in competition with all other uh, things that you could be using that energy for. Uh, uh, And- and, and, And in order to do so, you know, so the cost right now is too high for for the U.S. as a nation to do. The the U.S. is is not even capable of sustaining an attack of Bitcoin for more than 10 minutes. Even if it decided to do all of NASA, all of the American military, all the computing powers, all of it, they drop doing anything else. No more defense, no more. They pull out of Ukraine. They put all their efforts into one thing, attacking the Bitcoin system. It would be bankrupt after around 30 minutes. So, let's say that
1: let's let let's say that the first actor that finds up uh, fusion and get get like in the beginning kind of a monopoly position of that in in relative terms. Let's say yeah. that they choose to do this attack. They they will have was,
0: they will still need to have the the computing components to to use the energy. So where are they going to get that from? In Taiwan. <laughs> okay. Why why China. would. Well, Okay so so other people also want those computing power uh, computing components right mm-hmm. so so you are in competition to, to buy this so if you want to buy up all of them you start mm-hmm. a bidding war how many how much computing power can you really afford to buy
1: let's say that we have a three, uh, world war 3 and during that this time uh, china uh, f- comes up with the fusion and they have taken over taiwan which has isn't it like 90 80 90% of the microprocessors of the world and uh, and also during this time quantum computers comes up in in united states and china uh, kind of uh, copies that technology and they also have uh, quantum computers and fusion power and mm. uh, and they hate bitcoins why couldn't they uh, make an immense attack uh, with their tremendous energy um, advantage uh, that could take down Bitcoin.
0: Um, Well, okay. so A lot of hypotheticals. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a lot of ifs, like if all of this aligns perfectly. But even if all of this aligns perfectly, you Mm -hmm. have a a couple of issues there. Um, The number one is that what does a Bitcoin attack actually mean? So if you attack Bitcoin with this 51% attack, It won't stop Bitcoin. Bitcoin will still exist. Bitcoin can never be shut down, even if you attack it. Attacking Bitcoin means that you get to do one double spend. So uh, every 10 minutes, there is a block in the blockchain, right? With a list of transactions. And attacking Bitcoin means that you convince the other uh, positive network that a transaction that has already happened hasn't happened, so that you get to use the money twice. Now... Uh, this is something you can do once every ten minutes, so it's extremely costly for mm. a very small reward. Like the reward Even if is not sh- yeah, yeah, that won't. That, I mean, that, that won't really make a difference. The the benefit is still only that you can reverse uh, the transactions of the last uh, uh, ten minutes. So yes, by attacking Bitcoin, you get the power to reverse the last ten minutes of the transactions, mm. um, but you don't really uh, get the power to shut down the network or to stop it. The moment you stop your attack. Bitcoin Mm. goes back to doing what it has always done. And Mm. sustaining that attack is the really difficult thing. Like even if you were able to attack Bitcoin for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, now you've been able to reverse the transactions for 30 minutes. Now, in order to justify such an attack, you Mm. would have to somehow say that the economic value or the political or ideological value of reversing of reversing thirty minutes of transaction could somehow justify spending yeah. the nation's entire energy and computing power mm. on this uh, thing. Uh, it's it seem improbable.
1: It seems improbable. I agree with you. It, agree. Do, it
0: doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Like it's. It's no. probable that you could probably do it, but yeah. it makes no economic sense for any no. nation to ever do it. It is just so costly for a benefit mm. that is so small, yeah. and that ultimately can only be sustained for as long as you continue the attack at an enormous cost to to yourself. And Um, all
1: this, me agreeing with you on this, on on your argument, all that means is that this makes it, for me, a low probability event, a a really low probability event. But I still um, view it as one of many potential risks, which is really low probability for all of them.
0: Well, it's a bit like the, the. In theory, I suppose London could choose to nuke itself. Like there is, there's not a, <laughs> there's not a zero probability that Russia decides to nuke <laughs> Moscow. They could. It's never. The probability is never zero. But it doesn't make any sense. Why would they take it's, such a it's, huge hit?
1: It's a. It's a higher probability of it happens by a mistake or by uh, uh, American spies uh, setting off a nuke. Deliberately.
0: You're actually right. The risk of Moscow being nuked is much, much higher than yeah. of Bitcoin being attacked.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
0: no, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, 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 Cause, probably. Because you can't attack the Bitcoin network by accident. Mm. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Like, no. nobody's going to accidentally direct all of energy uh, and computing no. power into this system. That's just not going to, that's not possible. So, yeah, I, to- I totally um,
1: agree with you. Um, I they actually won't. thought
0: about that, but that's an interesting. Uh... <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh...
0: Okay, let's move on. There's another question here uh, that I think is worth mentioning uh, since we were on the topic of gold. Unknowns, unknowns are the same for gold, and I would argue actually for all kinds of assets. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, but yeah. Gold, I, I would you know... agree
1: with that, and and that's <laughs> why I would have the exact same arguments for gold as I have for Bitcoin. Uh, uh, I, I have I have basically no technical. Our, I, we we have had no dispute in the technical terms of Bitcoin or the test technical build-up or properties of Bitcoin or anything like that. Or they or, or actually we have definitely no uh, arguments or disagreement about uh, the fundamentals of Bitcoin and cur- currency and money and all that. We we I think we both agree. On, on those kind of stuff, uh, maybe, maybe not to, to the same degree or extent, but uh, on the basic fundamentals, I think we agree that mm. I think where we differ is the uh, on maybe like on the risk aversion of uh, um, unknown unknowns, how, how we relate to those unknowns and how, how we want to like the position ourselves in terms of those what i think the most
0: the most the most convincing argument that you've made today for me is the is the idea that um by spreading your eggs in several baskets at least you have on uh, several different unknown unknowns uh, that won't take out your whole portfolio right and mm-hmm. this will be but this will be true for any asset um, and it is it, this is this is the best argument i've heard in favor of a certain level of diversification um but uh just going back to the to the unknown unknowns for for gold specifically, I think it's a really important point Alex is making, and it I know that this is not something that you have claimed, but I just think for the listeners it's an interesting point to 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 highlight um, that we don't know how much gold there is uh, mm. in fact, uh, we do kind of we know that there is a, probably an unlimited amount of gold in the universe. You know, mm. and so, okay. so, so, yeah. we, so, so we know that uh, uh, if we expand our mind a little bit, the actual mm. scarcity of gold is not scarce at all. you okay. um, uh, can buy that. Whereas, whereas Bitcoin, even if we somehow conquer all of the universe, there will still only be twenty-one million Bitcoin. The amount, there is no more Bitcoin on other planets or anywhere else. The, the Bitcoin mm. is there, and it's 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 uh, mathematically guaranteed. Um, so that I think is a, and actually, just to show you this. I have this equation tattooed on my arm. Is this that the Bitcoin
1: equation? Equation?
0: Yeah, this is the distribution uh, equation for Bitcoin. Uh, mm. I'll try to show it in the in the right way here. So oh. what you, what you see here is there are thirty two halvenings mm. and each each halving. Do you know what a halvening is?
1: Yeah, when the supply gets halved.
0: Yes, the amount of Bitcoin that's released every ten minutes is cut in half, oh. and that's that's going to happen thirty two times. You know, every, around every four years. It's not mm. exactly every four years. It's every 210,000 blocks. Mm. So every time there's 210,000 blocks in the blockchain,
1: mm.
0: there is, um, uh, we, we halve the amount of Bitcoin that's being released, right? But mm. so uh, the total amount of Bitcoin is 30, the, 32 halvenings, mm. 210,000 blocks. Each block mm. has 50 Bitcoin. But yes. every time we run the equation, this mm. is cut in half by the integer here being increased by one. And mm-hmm. so this rotates until it becomes 21 million, or actually it becomes mm-hmm. almost 21 million. I think it's like we are lacking 2,000 Satoshis or something, but very, very close. Mm-hmm. So um, um, so that is like a very big difference uh, from gold. And uh, even though it's not an argument you've made, I think it's it's good for mm-hmm. the listeners to have that covered as well.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I- I, tot- I totally agree with that. But but Enes uh, uh, ha- has a good question, which I would have also been thinking about. Uh, um, what would you, wh- wh- or if you want to say, share, how p- big of a percentage of your total fortune is in Bitcoin? And what would you recommend uh, or something about that?
0: Yeah, so first of all, it depends a little bit whether or not you consider uh, property, real estate mm-hmm. as wealth. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and also it uh, depends on whether you're talking about now or mm. in the future when Bitcoin is dominant. When Bitcoin is dominant, mm. I believe we will see a reemergence of mm. good investments beyond Bitcoin, like stocks mm. and so on. But for mm. the moment, I cannot mm. see any argument to hold any wealth in anything else than Bitcoin. Um, mm. But with the one Kavit, that mm. I do believe that it's good to own a home. Mm. But that has got nothing to do because it's welfare uh it's a home a home is a, is an object for you to actually live in and enjoy but it is not mm. an investment it is not a savings vehicle it is not a form of wealth
1: mm.
0: or it shouldn't it you, shouldn't be but so that's why in... uh, that's why i'm correct that's why i'm correcting this that even though today mm. people consider um your property and real estate as a part of your portfolio mm. um I I I think of it more like my laptop. I don't consider my laptop a part of my portfolio. Mm. Uh, uh, I don't consider my car a part of my portfolio, and I don't I shouldn't consider my house a part of my portfolio. Um,
1: but you consider so- your Bitcoin holdings to be a really high probability of being much more worth in terms of uh, stuff like uh, houses, uh, um, food, consumer stuff, right?
0: Uh, yes, I think the purchasing power of Bitcoin will increase uh, almost endlessly.
1: And and much, much more than property, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like so th-
1: then I really can't understand how you can hold property and not Bitcoin 100%.
0: No, it, in fact, this is one of the best critiques I would get against my own choices here. Mm-hmm. That um, Absolutely, sell your house and buy Bitcoin it's probably a good idea. But, is it that you uh,
1: maybe that you want to do stuff in your home that you couldn't do in a rental?
0: For example, that could be an argument. Oh. Um, I mean, uh,
1: then I would understand but, it totally.
0: Yeah, and I, that is it, not what it, I mean. I, I, it,
1: it should it should hurt for you knowing that you have probably hundreds of thousands of uh, kroners in your uh, property that you could instead have in Bitcoin. Absolutely. Because, okay, then I feel for you because I feel I I have always told people. Don't buy a home if you're not gonna rent it out. If you're not gonna get money out of your uh, rental purchase, uh, then don't buy it because then it's yep. uh, it might be not a good investment. Then you might find better investment elsewhere.
0: Yes, You need to absolutely. renovate
1: and all that shit.
0: I think we are on the same page there.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's see. Um, even if I'm just gonna check what. Uh, yep. uh, if, even if Bitcoin has to superior expected value vis-à-vis the other investments. Uh, yeah, I think we addressed this. Let's see. Were there other questions here that we should uh, dive into before we head off?
1: Uh, the, the one needs to look at the correlation. If,
0: if you read through the, the, the comments for a second, I am yeah. just going to yeah. remind everybody um, that I am so fortunate to have finally settled on a hardware wallet that I am happy to recommend. And I'm actually quite relieved by that because we have so many people uh, constantly asking me where should I buy Bitcoin, where should I store Bitcoin. And I'm always really hesitant because honestly, almost all the wallet providers at some point has been compromised or has had to make some kind of compromise or for some reason uh, has given me doubts about whether or not I feel comfortable recommending this to people. And of course, there are always unknown unknowns with everything. But honestly, the Bitbox Zero Two is by far the most secure, user-friendly, and beautiful device I've ever owned in this space. And of course, it's open source. So uh, please check out the QR code um, and check out the BitBox. Uh, There's uh, a bunch of different options. The Christmas bundle is really great if you're new to Bitcoin because it comes with a book, uh, the little book about Bitcoin, and some other cute stuff that's nice to have if you're uh, just starting out in this uh, space. Um, But for uh, us who have been here for a while, try to get yourself the Bitcoin-only version and uh, sleep tight at night, knowing that your Bitcoin is uh, safe and secure. All right. Did you, uh, were you triggered by any other comments, uh, financial? roll um,
1: No, I, I, um, I think they're, they're good comments. Uh, we, we have touched on uh, a lot of them. Uh, um,
0: uh, mm, I think uh, that's good because my computer has 3% battery and mm-hmm. I cannot find my charger for the life of me. Oh, so I would have to I would have to end this podcast very, very soon anyways. Yeah.
1: yeah, It was really fun and interesting and rewarding for me. Uh, I, I I have uh de- I have decreased my perceived probability of Bitcoin failure uh but not <laughs> not below the level of uh what i think is uh, it should be for me to increase my uh proportion to more than ten percent <laughs> of my
0: i i really appreciate you coming to the show. I really enjoyed this conversation. Nice I think point. we touched on a lot of great um uh, topics and questions that i hope also the listeners found very interesting mm. um I look forward to seeing you uh, slowly uh Tweet that uh, I'm going up to 20% now. I'm 30, 40. Oh, fucking, I'm going all in. (laughs) Maybe,
1: maybe I'm open to that. I'm I'm open to everything. (laughs) Almost.
0: You never know. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Nice
1: talking to you. Keep in touch
0: and talk to you soon. We keep in touch. Bye bye. Ciao. Have a good day.